You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to a special report from the Above the Law Converge Conference in New York City. Uh, this is the Legal Talk Network. My name is Bob Ambrogi. I'm co-host of the show Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This uh, special report, we're talking to Joshua Peck, who is Senior Manager of Media Relations at the law firm of Dwayne Morris. Josh, welcome to the show. Hi, Bob. Good to be here. Good to have you. Let's just start off by asking you, what does a senior manager of media relations do at a law firm? Well, I uh, am in charge of the relationship between my law firm, which consists of 700 lawyers in 27 offices, uh, and all kinds of media, traditional media primarily in my case, but certainly also social media. So what I'm trying to do is uh, make known our victories, whether in the litigation realm, bankruptcy, corporate deals, and so forth. Um, and also showing off the expertise of the firm in various areas, even new technological areas that have uh, that didn't exist when I started with the firm 11 years ago. So we just, uh, I'm sure you were, you were there, there was a panel earlier today on pitching the mainstream media. There's been a lot of talk here about approaching the ma- mainstream media. Uh, I'm wondering from your perspective about the importance of the mainstream media in this day and age of blogs and social media and so many different communication and publishing channels. Uh, how do you see that as, uh, as important to the lawyers in your firm? Well, there is still one thing that one gets from the traditional media which is not available via other media, and that is the imprimatur, if you will, of an outside journalist whose job is not to promote you but to tell the truth. Uh, and to discover new trends or to talk about new events in a way that we hope is trustworthy. So it's quite different to blog about your expertise in entertainment law or education law uh, than it is for the Chronicle of Higher Education or for Variety to point to a lawyer and say, here's the guy who knows his stuff or the woman who knows her stuff about um, the given industry, and then quote that person and treat what they say as gospel in that industry. That's a very powerful way of sending the same message. And that's powerful, too. That's powerful to the lawyer, of course, but does it, does it matter to clients? Do they? I, I believe so, because in my experience, in any industry you can think of, there is usually one publication, sometimes as many as two or three, that um, business people in that industry look to as a source of information. It may be online now, but the fact is that they are relying on the, uh, to go back to the example I just gave, to the Chronicle of Higher Education as the arbiter for what issues matter, what the trends are in higher education. Um, and for virtually, given my time, for virtually any industry in your name, I'll come back at you and name uh, the publication that has that same kind of impact. I would say overreaching them all, of course, are the major business publications, the Wall Street Journal being the Bible of all business. So that's where we all want to be. And what about the trade publications, the traditional, the National Law Journal, the American Lawyer, those kinds of things? How important are they given today's media climate? They still matter a great deal. Um, I think certainly lawyers read them to learn about their own profession. And, of course, the uh, NLJ, for example, points to um, case developments and trends in the law that are occupying people. American Lawyer, still a good-looking glossy, talks about the business of law in a way that people find helpful. So to some extent, what we are all trying to do in the marketing world is impress our peers. For one thing, we're all looking for the best great new lateral that we can take out of another firm. And the place to reach them is in the traditional legal media, both the national ones and, of course, city by city. Uh, There is no major 
major city in the United States that doesn't have one legal paper, some of them weekly, some daily, and in some cases there are two or more. What's the primary purpose of public relations? Is it that reputation building or are there other reasons to be involved in public relations? Well, <clears throat> reputation counts. But what I like to say, and what I like to say particularly to media audiences, is that we are business developers of a sort. Now, in a law firm, there are people called business developers, and officially that's not me, and that's not my peers with titles like media relations or PR director or communications director. But we are supposed to be using those tools to the same end, which is to attract uh, the attention of prospects, of potential new clients, um, and to... Uh, through the issue of, uh, through the method of uh, reputation management to demonstrate that we may be the best choice for whatever the next legal matter may be. So I hope that we're developing business through our tools. So from where you sit, what's the most important thing, for lack of a better word, that, that you tell lawyers in your firm they need to do in order to start to build up that reputation or at least that relationship with the media? Well, you have to respond to the media in a way and at a speed that they require. And the speed, you, you used to have all the time in the world, by which I mean 24 hours. You don't anymore. Bloomberg wants the story about 10 minutes before it happens. The other wire services want it. And of course, even publications, which you think of as traditional, are now sending out daily or twice daily updates about what's happened just in the last several hours. So timeliness is a big part of this. And um, I was once asked to give a speech in 10 words to the lawyers at Duane Morris about what they could do to interact successfully with the media. Um, I was challenged to do it, and I figured out what the 10 words were, and they are as follows. Tell me about your important matters before they become news. You can count. That's 10. If the lawyers do that, if their communications professionals know not what just happened, but what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or next month, it gives us the opportunity to prepare a story that the media might bite on and, in fact, write about. In, in what you're describing is somewhat, I guess, reactive or responsive. A, a reporter calls and you get back to him or a news story breaks and, and you're prepared to respond to it. What about uh, what you might call, I guess, proactive media relations? I mean, is that important? How do you go about it? It's extremely important. And frankly, I'd rather be the creator of a story than reacting to a story because obviously I'll have more control on behalf of my firm. Um, the answer to that is that what we need is access. What I like to do, and I mean this quite literally, is to walk the halls of one of our 27 offices, um, look into lawyers' offices, if they happen not to be on the phone for once, say, point to a piece of paper on her desk. I say to Madam Lawyer, Madam Litigator, and say, tell me what that is. And more often than not, they have a little story to tell that I've never heard before about an ongoing piece of litigation that they hadn't thought of talking to me about, but now I know. And out of that litigation or several like it that that lawyer has handled, I can frame a story in a way that might sound like a trend to the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or USA Today or the Philadelphia Inquirer. And so the benefit you bring to that is knowing how to frame the story, knowing where to pitch it, I guess. is That's quite right. Yeah. That's quite right. Now, you uh, are involved with an organization called Law Firm Media Professionals, if I have the name right. I think you even founded the organization, uh, if I, I recall. It. Yes, I co-founded it with a friend, and I always tip my hat to him. His name is Dara McQuillan. Um, what is that organization about? We are really a subset of the legal marketing profession. The people who come to the meetings, which occur in person in several cities, New York is the one I started, come together often to talk to reporters about what the reporters need, what they want, how to interact with them successfully. And a part of it is what they don't want. You know, the kinds of mistakes that PR people make 
um, that turn off the press and have the opposite of the desired effect. Um, LFMP is also a networking opportunity. We like to meet our peers. We trade leads about who's new at this publication or that and what kind of story he or she likes in the press. And to some extent, it's a job finding service in that once you've met everybody, it's more comfortable to ask them for a job. So, so a, a great many matches have been made between law firms and employees through LFMP, which, by the way, is now about 12 years old. So when you sit around and talk about the mistakes your peers make, what's the most common mistake? It's probably coming on too strong. Once you've conveyed enough information for a reporter to make a decision about a story, you're probably done. If the person is busy, I mean, I like to end a phone call or an email exchange with a reporter by saying, can I come back to you in two weeks about this, getting permission to, to bug them. But they don't like to be bugged in general, and that's why I ask for permission. So doing too much in service of a story is one, and at the other end of the spectrum, uh, almost equally common mistake, is really not knowing the story well enough to pitch it appropriately. Um, most of us are not lawyers in my profession, but you have to know enough about the story that you're pitching to be able to talk intelligently about it and sell it well to the audience. And in the, the first audience, of course, is the journalist. Yeah, I know a theme that we heard a lot today uh, has been the importance of knowing the publication that you're pitching. How do you do work on that? I mean, do you work with lawyers? Do you just kind of help them figure that out, or do you try and get them to be able to understand that themselves? Well, it's really my job to know the publication and its needs, and given all the cities and industries we're in, that's a lot of reading for me. But, um, but yes, we certainly want to make sure that we're going where the reporter wants to go. So um, you don't pitch a highly technical legal story to a trade journal in the metal industry because they're not interested in the legal details, they're interested in the business impact on their industry. Um, so you have to be very careful to tailor your pitch appropriately to the publication, and that can vary quite widely from, from place to place. Joshua, we're about at the end of our time, but I want to just give you a chance to have the final word. Any other advice you'd like to throw out there uh, regarding media relations and dealing with the mainstream media in particular? Well, one thing I'll say is that there's a trend I approve of, uh, of law firms increasingly hiring in-house people, sometimes quite senior professionals, many of them ex-journalists themselves, to do this job. Um, I think it's money and effort uh, well spent on behalf of the law firms because um, when you get somebody good, especially somebody who him or herself has been in the media, you very often get better results than you possibly could either using somebody from outside the legal profession or outside um, uh, or outside journalism. Actually, and I know I said I'm almost done, but let me just follow up on that because it makes me wonder, how does a law firm know when it's ready for that? And I'm thinking particularly in terms of size, I guess. When is a firm big enough or... Uh, or whatever the, the, the might, right measure might be uh, to know when it's right to have an in-house person as opposed to just to work with an outside firm or no firm at all? Well, to be really sure that you have it right, you need to understand the news value in what you, the law firm, is doing and has been doing. What I would do quite typically is ask the law firm to compare its news coverage to one of about the same size, the same revenue, and perhaps in some of the same industries. If the one across the street is getting more attention and seems to be better known generally in circles, you can even test for that, then it's possible that a more focused media effort, and that I would suggest often comes from an in-house person, is going to uh, profit the firm by generating more of the kind of news um, attention that you're seeing from the firm across the street. So uh, a lot of it is comparative. Are we doing as well as we should or as well as our competitors? 
Well, Josh Peck, thanks a lot for chatting with us today. I really appreciated it. Bob, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. We've been talking to Joshua Peck, Senior Manager of Media Relations at the law firm Dwayne Morris. This has been another Legal Talk Network special report broadcast from the Converge Conference, uh, sponsored by Above the Law in New York City. This is Bob Ambrogi. Thanks for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.